You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is Shuvah Zapoyskim, a special uh, Parsha Shuvah Zapoyskim. Um, and I, I, I'm not exactly sure if we're going to be getting Psakalocha, but we definitely will be going into the areas that generate Psakalocha, Chazal, in the, in the Gemara. Um, once again, I'm Makertev to Rabbi Juan Minsky, who took a cold call from me uh, in the wee hours of, if I wouldn't say in the morning, but it was late enough last night. And, um, uh, you know, it, it's wonderful to have someone that you can rely on, someone that you know has a, a, a love of giving over Tera, a love of, uh, of of really learning it in order to give it over. And I know that uh, uh, he's chosen, I think, an area which is, as I said, uh, a, an important one, but I think sometimes overlooked, as we were talking about before, when people think about what is significant in this parish and parish's kisisa, and they might miss uh, this uh, section, which is in the very beginning, and the, the mitzvah uh, and the loisa say that is contained here. So, Rabbi Avram, uh, if you would please with a she is going to be based on a Rashi Parshkisisa discussing a topic which is very much overlooked you know even you know, I can talk for, on behalf of myself um, something which generally in this respect doesn't we don't um, there's not such a big focus about it and that's because there's a lot going on in this Parsha um, there's a kind of a Machta Shekel there's a Chita Egel a lot of talking about Shabbos, and there's a little detail in the parsha which discusses about the shemen hamishcha, the anointing oil, the oil which was used to anoint the mishkan, the kingdom of the mishkan, to anoint Adam and Banav. And it was a specific process of how how it was done. It was made up of different spices. You know, it was like a a specific type of perfume. There's specific halachas about it. But today, let's deep dive in how this Shemen HaMishra was made. So, in the, the Torah, it says, you know, the Lishik Parsha, it says that you should take a different psalmim, and uh, you should take the cinnamon spice, also was part of it. And once you have those spices, and it was nice, a, a big amount of spices, so then the Torah tells you, you should go and you should pour a hin of Shemen, Rashi has a 12 logan on these spices. You should, on these spices. And that was the type of mixture, and you made this type of mixture between the oil and spices, which basically made it the spice that should smell well, smell good. And that was used to anoint the kayanim and the kalim. Now, how was this process done? So the Lashen and Tera is, Ereikach Merkachas. Which means in, in English, the way I saw a translation, it was a mixture by a professional performer. Right? It means a mixture. So a specific mixture of that you had to mix the spices with the oil and with this mixture, that's what was used to anoint the kainim and the all the kainim. How is this mixture done? How is the process done? So here... We'll look in Rashi, and Rashi brings an argument of two Tanoim, 
which argued how is this process done. So Rashi on the word hin in the Pasuk, and it's interesting. Rashi says, Shneim Aster Lugin. As you see, it's quoted. A hin is the amount of 12 Lugin. Then he goes on, The Chachamim had a machlekes, which is it's a, very, it's a pretty unique Lashon Rashi. You don't find this Lashon typical. It's a, you know, you have say, it says the Lashon Rabbi Seinu, Yisrael. We'll get to that in a second, why Rashi uses that term. So first he quotes Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir says, That with the oil, Shoku, they cooked the spices. Meaning, how was the mixture done? They took the oil and they cooked it with spices. Amalei Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. Just to, uh, there was a, it was, if you look in the title, it's a, it was a very big amount of spices. And therefore, if you're going to be anoint, if you're going to be pouring that oil into the spices and cooking it, you know, you might not even get to the cooking process. The spices are all going to be, the oil is going to be absorbed in the spices. And it won't be oil anymore. It's going to be some type of, uh, like uh, oatmeal or something, you know, some some very thick mixture. It's not going to be oil anymore. So, what are you supposed to do? How do you mix the spices with the oil? Rabbi gives a different version. Of what was done? First thing, they took the spices and they soaked it in water, allowing the spices to abs- to absorb the water. And once the spices are already full with water, meaning that they already have liquid in them. The reason why they did that is that it should be full and the spices should not absorb any oil. Afterwards, they didn't even cook the oil together. It says, After once the spices were absorbed with water, you pour the oil on top of it. Until you basically have to pour the oil on top of the Spices which are already wet and damp and absorbed with water, and let it sit there, soak to the point that the oil would absorb some of the smell of the spices, and then you would sift it, and that's the mixture which was done. Meaning, which through doing that, what did the Rabbi Yudha accomplish through that? He accomplished that now you actually have oil, you have a liquid which looks like oil, you don't have something which became into like a sauce mixture. Which would be the case if you do it a contramayas process. Fine. This is the the machlekas, the two opinions. So two things. It was the how was it done? What was the process? And also what was the outcome? According to Rameir, the process was it was cooked, which created that the outcome would be like a, some type of sauce. You know, it didn't really look like it wasn't like oil. On the other hand, Abhuna says that the you specifically had to make sure that it's the oil remained looking like oil, like it was really it was oil, not something else. And therefore, how do you prevent them from being, you know, from turning into some sauce? Obviously, so number one, he says you didn't cook it; rather, you soaked the spices first with water in order to absorb water. Once you did that, you pour the oil on top, let it sit there until. It, it observed some of the smell, and then you had oil with spices, with a smell. All right.
Now, if we look into, there's a few questions we have to understand in Rashi, and we'll see. And through understanding, we'll take a little deep dive in Rashi, and then we'll see a very interesting Lashitasi, a place that in a few places in Shas, have Meir and Yoda, they disagree, and their disagreements are similar in each way, meaning each one always goes according to his opinion. Now, for starters, there's a question which Mepharshim asks on Rashi, and that is, in the, one of the places of this Machlik, is Machlik is actually brought down in the Bavli and the Yushalmi. But in the Bavli and the Yushalmi, interesting, there's two different Nuschois. So we're going to start with the Talmud Bavli. The Bavli is in Kisus. Kisus Seif Amad Aleph. Over here, as you see on the bottom, Tanur Rabbana, it says, Shem and HaMishcha Shosa Meshav Amidbar, it was cooked. The spices were cooked with the with the oil. Over here says Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yisi argues. Amar Rabbi Yisi v'halilasu chayikarin hesipik keitzadaisa hevi chayikarin mshlakam amayim vehechiv la'melem shem and amishcha v'kolat asarech v'kibchul. So Rabbi Yisi disagrees. We're going to go to the next Amar. And that is that in Rashi. We said that according to the opinion that it wasn't cooked, rather it was just um, it was first it was soaked in water and then they they basically let the oil sit on top of it. The reason for that was because he said, you know, if you're if you're going to cook it, you're not going to have oil. Rather, it's just going to come into this thick mixture. What's the response to that? You know, if you look at the Taita, tells you it has to be oil. You know, that's what it seems like. It says you sakta, you should pour it, etc. So he answers back very simple. He says, I don't understand your shayla. You're telling me it's not going to be oil, it's going to be a mixture. He said, it's not a shayla because it was a miracle. What, is this the only miracle that happened? Even according to you, how much oil did you pour? 12 lug? What? From 12 lug, you had enough to anoint Aaron, all his children, all the entire Mishkan, all the Kalim, all the Shiva Simeon Miloim, meaning, he's answering back, listen, there was a bunch of miracles which happened with the Shemesh and Mishkan. Add it to the list. One of the things was that although you cooked it and the spices were a lot more of the oil and naturally it should have just turned into this thick mixture, nevertheless, a miracle happened. It stayed liquid. It stayed like an oil. All right. So again, if you go with the shear, just uh, just for everybody's edification, according to Rav Avram Chaim Noah, the Mizor Darman and Zvgut, a lug is 345.6 milliliters, right? So 12 times that, um, I'm not sure how much a milliliter is exactly, but... Uh, Twelve times three four point six milliliters uh, probably does not equal too much. I don't know if there anybody here is more of a mathematical or understanding measurements, but it's just to understand about how much how much that would be. Um, so that's quite a quite a small amount for uh, every single Kali in the base in the Mishkan and uh, Aaron and his sons for seven days, and every single Kayan Godel and 
here it says melech, but there's a shaiva whether you use the uh, whether you use the shemana mishcha for the melochim. The Gemara says actually the Gemara has a different opinion about whether they use it for the melochim. But still, yes. So yeah, 346 uh, milliliters would be about a little less than 12 ounces. So if you had 12 times 12, you'd only have 144 ounces. <laughs> 144 <laughs> ounces is is what is is, is a, a little bit. It's less than a gallon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a so we're, we're talking about a gallon yeah. of oil. Less than a gallon of oil was able to be uh, was was. I, I, that, that is quite. A, thank you for for that for the number mark. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely uh, makes the the miracle seem graphic to the to the extreme that right. it's it's the nice hanukkah you know many many times over <laughs> right right so this is the response of the other opinion saying listen you know this this is just one of the miracles you know the whole thing you know the amount didn't really make sense so don't question me about the amount and the process that was done what about the this fact is- uh, that what about the fact that that you know, obviously Rashi has different makayras sometimes than than the Gemaras. Sometimes, like you said, Yerushalmi and Bavli. But it's it's Rav Yehuda seems to be reversed from Rashi, right? Rav Yehuda Correct. is Rav Yosi, and yes. and and Rav Meir is Rav Yehuda. The Rav Meir that Rashi quotes seems to be the Rav Yehuda. And there's also another difference, which I'm sure you're going to get to, which is there's nothing about they both seem to be talking about Bishel. Right in the in, in the the way Rashi quotes it, it's just soaking it, right? I'm sure, were you going to get to that too, Rabbi Avram? Yeah, right. So just to point out the differences, right? Because just going back here, just to show everybody again, um, it seems both opinions say there was there was boiling that was done, deep boiling, which is what to be sholik is. Actually, it's more than just cooking it; it's cooking it in the extreme. Everyone seems to say there was some sort of cooking, um, right? It was with water or oil. Water or oil. Whereas the Rav Yehuda in Rashi, it's it's just soaking. There's no cooking at all. Anyway, uh, I'm, I don't know. Was that going to be part of what you're going to uh, uh, develop? Not, not specifically. Not the the cook the cooking kind of, uh, prat. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying because if it's soaking in water, you can see how it would not, uh, it would not. Uh, that sort of makes sense, I guess, from a scientific perspective. That the boiling, once you start cooking the water, right? Maybe that that changes things than just soaking it. I don't know. Anyway, okay. Sorry for interrupting there on that, but okay. Just to point that out. All right. So. There's two things uh, different that we find in the Bavli versus Rashi. Or a few, as Rabbi Kivalevich mentioned, but two I want to focus on. Um, number one, the opinions are reversed. Rabbi Yehuda is the one in, in the Gemara says they boiled it versus Rashi. He said that that was a mayor. And the Bavli also brings it up BAC, which was Rabbi Yehuda's been over here. Number two, another thing, which is interesting, that you know, Rashi says that Chacham had an argument. And Rashi says what Rameyer said, that they were cooked. They, they cooked the spice with the oil. Rabbi Yehuda argues with him and questions his opinion, saying that, well, according to you, well, what was left, there's no oil left, it's just some type of thick mix, you know, thick liquid or sauce. But Rashi doesn't give the answer 
that the mayor potentially could answer back to Rabbi Yehuda, which the Gemara gives, which is, you're asking me a question, the, the thickness of the, of the oil. It wasn't the only miracle with the oil. There was plenty of miracles. Look at the amount. You know, but Rashi didn't, <laughs> didn't let, why didn't you let him defend himself? Like it's, and, and nevertheless, it's interesting. You know, if Rashi accepts what Rabbi Yehuda refuted a mayor, so why did you bring that mayor in the first place? But if you do take Rameir, so what is he supposed to answer back? So what Shavar and Rashi is like, there's an answer that the Gemara quotes, the Gemara says, and why don't you mention it? You say as if, you know, it's not a problem, he just ignores the question. Um, now regarding Rashi reversing the Shittis, so that Rashi could, goes based on the gears of the Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi, it's in Adakshin Shkolem, the Yishalmi actually said that a mayor is the one who says that they cooked it, and Abiyuda says that they soaked it in water. Fine, that's regarding the Yishalmi. Sorry, so that's regarding the opinions. Which is also we have to understand why specifically did Rashi decide to take the Yishalmi versus the Bavli? You know, there's got to be uh, some reason behind it. Um, okay, now we'll move on. Now, another, another just interesting point I want to point out in, in Rashi, and that is that, why does he lose, use the term Chachme Yisrael? What are you trying to focus? That it was Chachme Yisrael, not Chachme Umis? Um, then the other also thing we have to understand is that generally Rashi doesn't always bring down the names of the Tanoim when he brings down two opinions. Here he brings down the names of Mary and Generally, when he brings down the names, there is some significance. All right, so let's start with the Pashtipshat. The Pashtipshat is as a, and that is, we could say as follows. Rabiuda asks the mayor, you're gonna, if you're going to be boiling the oil, what's the spices? What's going to turn out to happen is you're basically, you won't have regular oil left. Rather, it's going to turn into a mixture. So the reason why you could say that Rashi doesn't uh, bring that Amir answer him back is because, according to the mayor, Rashi holds it. It's not a striker shayla. Okay, so what's the problem? So the Teda tells you, you have to make a mixture, a proper mixture. Whatever that mixture is, that's who you have to pour. Meaning, and this that it says, you know, meaning it doesn't have to be a pure, you know, regular liquid. As long as it's like Rashi said, the Lashon Nimoichin, it's it's soft, meaning that it's like a like a sauce. That's also fine. But don't ask me a shaila. I it's not like oil. So the tater tells you to cook it, and whatever is the outcome of you cooking it, that's what you use. Um, Ram, uh, Ram will just do. Problem <laughs> that it's not, it's not, it doesn't look like oil. Who said it has to be look like oil? It's okay. The tater tells you to cook it. You cook it, and whatever is the outcome, that's what you use. Abiyuda doesn't want to learn that way because Abiyuda says it. The lashon is shem and hamishcha. It's a special oil. Oil. Not, um, you know, not a, 
not like soft spices, not like a sauce, not like a mixture of like an oatmeal. You know, not like a thick liquid. Why? Had to be oil. And therefore, he learns that's... So how, how do you mekayim this that the Torah tells you has to be mekachas? has to be a, a mixture. You have to soak it in water, and then you put the oil on top. And this is the reason why that uh, Rashi only brings the reason that Abiyah disagrees with Abiyah. So why doesn't he bring the tshuva back? Because he feels he's explained it well enough? I'll peep shot. Yeah, because he says that uh, it's enough. It's still considered a liquid. Who said that specifically? Where, where do you take specifically that it has to be a, you know, looking like oil? It's okay. Taylor tells you to cook it. And whatever the outcome of that mixture is. In other words, the Taylor says, So Correct. cooking, uh, maybe I missed it because I was checking out the other Rashi, but I guess the yeah. point you're trying to make is... Yeah, is no, that, I'll get a little... This, this in other words, the way, the, the way things mix better is by cooking. Cooking is a, is a way that, that is chemically mixes two different items. So in that way, Rav Mayer... And Rashi's version of Rav Meir has the upper hand because it's more kiyum in in Yeah. So basically, if what it what it plays out is as follows: the Torah tells you two details. The Torah tells you, meaning number one, you have to make it a mixture, a merkachas. Meaning, and the way Rashi learned that you have to really make it that it has to absorb the taste. It has to absorb the taste, the smell, or, you know, turn really into one thing. Afterwards, you have something. The outcome is you have Shema Mishchat Kedoshiyah. You have a special anointing oil. And this is the difference of Rameyer Rab Yudah. According to Rameyer, what was most important? According to Rameyer, the main thing over here, what you did was what you did with the oil. According to Rameyer, what you did with the oil and that is, you had to pr- properly mix the oil with the spices. How is that done? By cooking it. That's the best way you can mix it. You cooked it up together till it became one thick mixture. Although the outcome from that is now, you don't have the shlemus of shemen. It's not like a, it's not like oil, pure oil, like it was before. But as long as why? Because now it's like a thick, um, you know, it's like a thick liquid. Nevertheless, you're Mekayim. Rabbi Yehuda says, no. Rabbi Yehuda says, although when you are only going to be soaking, when you're first going to be soaking the spices in water and only placing the oil on top of it, so the outcome is that, you know, you're not going to have the best Merkachas. It's not the best mixture. The best mixture is actually cooking with it over here. It wasn't even cooked, and it wasn't the first thing to be absorbed by the spice. The oil wasn't absorbed by the spices. Rather, it was just placed on top of them. Nevertheless, he says, because in the psukim it doesn't specifically say what merkachas means, meaning you can learn either one way or the next, but the Pasuk says shemen. Therefore, he learns that the most important is the result that we want to have at least... Um, that it should be looking like oil. That's Abiyotah's way of learning. And now we can understand why Rashi uses the term to show you that the two opinions of Rameir and Yehuda in making the oil 
are basically two outlooks, two ways in general in Kima Mitzvahs. What? Over here, there's, there's, a, there's a commandment to make this oil. And that is, as, you can learn two ways. When Taylor tells you to do something, how do you look at it? Do you have to look at the main thing is completing to the fullest what Taylor tells you now? Although the outcome might not be exactly precise of the way Taylor describes it. Or don't do the main thing is that the outcome should be more precise, more meduyik, although that the action you're taking now isn't as precise. What's machriya? Is the heve machriya the osid or the osid machriya the heve? What's more? Is more important the present or the future? What's the present and the future in this case? Is the present the commandment to make the mixture? Is that the most important? And therefore you have to make the mixture the fullest the best possible way, which is by cooking, or the outcome, the end result, the outcome, the result in the future, which is that you should have Shemen HaMishcha, that's the most important, that should be Shemen HaMishcha B'Shlemis, which is more, according, when you don't mix it fully, you don't properly cook it, rather you only soak it. So the mayor is the one who says that the main thing is the Hoiva. Taylor tells you to do something, you have to do it the way it is now, to the fullest, which is you got to make a mixture, do the best mixture possible, which is cooking. Radita says, no, you have to look at the tetzoy, look at the end product, the outcome. What do I need? I need shemen. If I'm going to be cooking, I'm not going to, it's not going to be like, like oil. It's going to be some type of mixture. It's going to be some type of, you know, thick liquid. And therefore, I won't be mekayim the hoiva fully, rather I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll absorb it a shtickle, but not fully. But like this, at least the Tetzoah is going to be full. Now, once we have this, this concept, this machlech between Rabbi and Rabbi Yudha, now I want to take this machlech and, sh- and see why in a different place in Shas, which we find the machlech of Rabbi and Rabbi Yudha, totally different idea, but also related to this idea. Do you look at the hoive? What's more important? Is the Haiva Machriya the Asid? The present is the present more important than the future, or the future more than the present? And that is, as Avakilevich actually brought down earlier, and that Rashi actually brings it down. It's a Rashi in Mishpatim, or we could look at it in a Gemara. The Gemara is in Gemara Bavli regarding Shemachinim Shemesachar. Sorry, regarding a Seicher. All right, so we have it open over here. Which is the, the title tells us the dinim of a shemichinam, shemichinam, and a shayl. All right, so I'll say the kids are shemichinam, someone who, someone you ask, ask someone to watch something for him. So he's only, he's only chayiv if he did a pshia, if he purposely, not a purpose, if he didn't, um, Watch it properly. I think I want to go into definition. What, is, what does that mean? Yeah, gr- gross negligence, it's called. Yeah. Gross negligence. But if it was stolen or it was lost, and for sure if there was an illness, something which was totally not in his control, he is potter. Shemer Sachar means that someone you, if the owner paid someone, I paid you to watch something, so we put on him more responsibility, and now he is responsible 
also that make sure not it shouldn't get lost and it shouldn't get stolen. However, if it was an anus, meaning if it was an armed robbery, he will be potter. And a shayl, a shayl is someone who borrows something from someone else. Because over here, you are totally in the benefit. You know, the you are borrowing something and you have the you're allowed to use it. So therefore, Tata throws on you the entire responsibility. The one scenario that the Tata does not discuss is what the halacha about a seicher, someone who rents something from someone else. So on one hand, he, he, he borrowed, but he's paying for it. So you can't throw him in the entire responsibility because he's not getting the entire benefit over here. The one giving it to him also has a benefit. So regarding the halacha of a seicher, there's a machlekes. Now let's go back inside. So it's a braise. It says, A seicher responsibility like a shemer chinam. Meaning, he's only responsible for the negligence. But if it was stolen or lost, he's not responsible. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. Rabbi Yehuda Eimer, Kashemer Socher. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, his responsibility is like a Shemer Socher, like someone who is paid to watch. And therefore, even if it was stolen or lost, he is also responsible. So now let's try to tie in the, and it's interesting, Rabbi Kivalevich mentioned, brought up earlier, that in Rashi in Chumash also brings down these two machlekes regarding a seicher. And Rashi also uses the Lashen, that same unique Lashen that Rashi learned, um, uses over here. And it's the same Tanoim, Rameir, and Rabbi Yehuda. So, how does this tie into the machlekes, to this general machlekes of present versus future? We say as follows. Of uh, someone um, renting to somebody else. The person who is renting to the other person, why is he renting it to him currently, now? He's renting it to him because he wants to make money. And while he's making money, his object is also being protected. So because you want to do it, you want to make money, you're doing well now, you're happy to give it to him. You're happy that your object is being protected. So, therefore, it seems to say that the Shemitah, the regular Shemitah of Hashem Echinam should be sufficient. Why? Because normally there shouldn't be an issue. Why should you assume that it's going to get stolen or lost? The way it's standing now, I'm happy to give it to this person. He's going to take care of it, and he'll give it back to me. So I'm happy. The chash, to think now that possibly in the future something will go wrong, you know, that's, that's not going to hold me back from giving my, from putting my object, to, for giving my object to somebody to, pos- to make money currently now. So let's apply the mayor and over here. The mayor, which we said earlier, looks at the, at the main thing is the present. The present, the, someone who's renting something, an object to somebody else, he's happy. Now I'm making money. Maybe later there's going to be an issue. Why should I think about later? It's, it's, you know, it's not necessarily going to happen. You know, normally everything's fine. So I'm sufficient with me. Shem Echinim is fine. If you give him the, if he's like a Shem Echinim, it's okay. Because normally everything should be good. And now currently I'm happy. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, you can't just look at the present. Every per- in Torah, you have to look at the future. I want to make sure that I'm going to get my object back. 
Don't blind me by saying, ah, you're making money now. And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda throws the responsibility of a seicher like a shemer chinam, throwing on him extra responsibility. Meaning that because I'm not going to give up on my object in the future for the money that I'm having now in the present. So we see again, very interesting, that the machlekes of a seicher of the is of a seicher like a, is like is he like a shemer chinam a shemer sacher is also dependent on how do you learn? What's more important? Do you look at the present? Or do you look at the future? Rameya, that the Ikah is the present, says, now I'm making money. I'm renting into the object. I'm renting out my object. To think maybe something's going to happen in the future, why should I think of it? I'm happy. As long as my object is, is normally okay, I'm happy. The other thing is that, according, but according to Rabbi Yudha says, no, you have to, we have to farachensich, we have to think about the future, and I want to make sure that I'm going to get back my object in the future. And don't, and I'm not blinded by the fact that I'm making money in the present. You could say, you could say that uh, you look in the pasuk that I've highlighted here, that it's boy b'schoray. In other words, im socherhu, the way Chazal, the way Rashi quotes Chazal, that this is the case of the soichel. So boy b'schoray, meaning the object comes to the renter's reshus because of the schar. That's the central feature, which is a, which is a, again, which Rav Meir could say, im, im socherhu, if we're talking about a socher who now is in control of an object that he doesn't really own, but he's paid for, but boy b'schoroi, it came to him through the schar, which is the main thing we look here is the fact that Yenner got money, that the renter received money. Which is what you're trying to be madgish. What my uh, my connection, if I'm renting it to you, is that I have an object which I don't need enough. Of course, I don't want to give it to you. I, I, I and I realize that there's a risk of me giving it to you. But as you say, the the rental price is never the price of the complete object, right? When you rent a car, it's forty nine dollars a day for a forty thousand dollar car. The point is, is that I don't expect it to be, as you say, to be smashed up. However, I did buy it, and, and I, I don't need it today, so this is, is, is money that comes to me. It's boy b'schoroi. The reason why that has it is the essential factor is the money that the other guy paid for it, which therefore, as you say, lends to the, uh, the sense that, the, that everything else is bechinam in terms of what I expect. Because I'm happy with the with the whatever forty nine dollars a day that I got because it was anyway sitting here and I I can't I wasn't going to drive twenty cars so I think that's there's a riot from the pasuk I say you hear what I'm saying yeah yeah it could be review who learns the pasuk andish right it could be you know you know in other words you know like like and it might be you know just the fact that uh, you know it's sort of like you're, in other words, it's based on the hem, the connection to shoyel. In other words, this was the first part of the pasuk is talking about the shoyel. And Yishalem is a shoyel. However, basically, Rav Yudas says a socher, a socher is basically a shoyel, but we're mamayit from the madrega of being chayiv for einsin. So the schar, the fact is that I paid for it, that should knock it down, right? In other words, Rav Yehuda looks at the fact that this was a, a, a nisbach. To Hilchas She'ela. By She'ela, the Shoal is Chayyah for everything. 
Oh, so now that he's paying, but he's not just getting it bechinam, he's, he's giving some money for it. So therefore, meaning it comes to me, but the schar that I paid is menakeit from the achrayas totally of a shoel, so it goes down only one madrega, which would be to uh, the madrega of a shamer sochar, because ultimately, as you say, <laughs> I want this thing back. <laughs> and and right? here I'm saying how each one can touch the pasik for his shita. Right. But now I want to move on to a... It happens to be gishmak. It's not just right. It's actually a very gishmak. It has very... In the, I, I, I understand it's not what, where you're going, but I think this way at least... You know, like you, you touched up very well the psukim by the Shem and Amishka. I think, you know, to be Mazber, how Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda spielsach with this Pasik as well, these Chachme Yisrael. So I know it's philosophy, but it's also the Oymek Pshuta Shal Mikra. But okay, go ahead. Okay. Now I want to go to another Gemara. It's in Brachis Mubhem and Aleph, Tachi and Amishnah. Where we see a third machlekes of Rameir Nabiuda, which again we'll see the same uh, nekuda, the same point of is the focus on the present or is the focus on the future. So the machlekes is as follows regarding the halachas of zimun. At kama mezamnim, how much does a person have to eat that he should be that they meaning what's the shear that you if you ate a certain shear, now you're obligated to have zimun. So the first opinion is. Ad Kezayis. His opinion is, is that mayor? Why? Well, I assume because that mission is that mayor. And also because, because you also have the Bryce, so when it talks about Vatronis, right? I, the, the Gemara earlier in Brochus. Now, the Gemara afterwards is, is uh, the Gemara is a few pages later in Testament base. The Gemara says the reason the Machleka says they, they're arguing on the Pshat in the positive of Chalto Vesavata. Rameir says, that achalta is referring to eating, Vesavata that's referring to drinking. So eating is kazais. Rabbi disagrees. Rabbi Yudas holds that the words vachalta and the words vesavata are both are referring to eating. Vachalta is eating. Vesavata means has to be vachalta savata has to be achila sheish vasviya, has to be a sheer of eating that makes a person full satisfied. So this is in, in Memtes Summit base. Now I want to bring a Tesis from there. But today you see that the it was quoted Now the Tesis over there, Tesis is in David Amaschad Rabbi Meir Savar. That's all I want to bring. Tesis says, why? Because Tezit says that these psukim are just in a smachta. It's a smach mina mikra, but it's not the mocker of the machlekes. Meaning that be'etzem, they argue with a svara, meaning each one has their own reason. And then they, for a smach, for their reason, they were saying on the pasik. Sorry, yeah. What's the machlekes? So what's the svara sa machlekes? So based on what we learned, the mayor's misyaches to the matzav behoive, he looks at his current situation. And a bit more on the on the future, it comes a very schmuck. If you look at the current situation, currently now, if you eat a kazayas, that's considered eating. 
Now you ate. Vachalta. That's vachalta. Bahiva b'shasachila. That's considered eating. You have to make a bracha on it. Rabbi Yehuda says, you also have to think about the future. Eating now is not what's machriya. It's the outcome, the teitzah of the achila. What's the outcome of the achila? What's the outcome of eating? Svia, that you should be full. And therefore he learns that what's v'achalta, v'achalta v'savata, you have to be full. And therefore it's very gishmak. The mayor says, you have to look at currently. What's considered an achila? Currently? Kedais. The Abhuda says, no, it's, you don't have to look at the situation currently. You have to look at the teitzah, the outcome. The outcome is a person should be full. With a kedais, a person not full. Therefore, it has to be a kedais. Even though that's only the Rabbanon, but still, even the way the Rabbanon Shtawad Avek, it, it's more carved to the Da'ais, in other words, yeah. right? Yeah, because, so... I mean, you quoted places. We had, it, we had three places, different Gemaris, three places in Teda, Machleks in between, Rabbi Huda and Amir, and we saw that each one, it's a Lashitase, they're all arguing on the same Nekuda, the same point, What's machriya? What is more is the eva is the heva machriya the asir the asir the heva. Now the Lubavitcher Rebbe brings something very gishmak. He says that when we know when when tanoim have the same achlekes a few times, you can ask, what's the point of them arguing each time? We already know your opinion, meaning we already know that you care more about the present and you care more about the future. So why do you have to say it clearly? We should know. So obviously there has to be a tzichusa, meaning. And each one of them, although this Svarah is the same, but there is something unique and different in that specific scenario that I would think that this might be a Yaitzim in a club, that this might be different. And he goes through it. So he says, regarding Shemana Mishcha, he says, Shemana Mishcha is different than Seicher and Zimun. And you might think it's different. Why? Because Shemana Mishcha was a commandment from Hashem. Hashem commanded us to make the Shemana Mishcha. Hashem commanded to cook it to Anishav oil. And by the Eibishter, we know that by Hashem is The past, present, and future by Hashem is all one. So, by ha- so when you're talking about something which is related, when Hashem tells you to do something, you could think that even according to the mayor, you should take account the future because the future is technically the present. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So therefore, we need to know that the argument is here too. Um, and it's because by a seicher, a seicher is also it's different than the shemen hamishcha and the zimun. Why? Because by shemen hamishcha, when you cook it, the direct outcome of cooking it is that it's not going to be regular oil. Rather, it's going to be a thick liquid. By eating. By eating a small amount, there's not going to be severe. By eating a large amount, automatically going to be, there is going to be severe. By Shemer Chimim, Shemer Sacher, sorry, by a Sacher, you rent into the guy, <laughs> chances are it's not going to get stolen or lost. Probably not. Meaning the, the, the present doesn't, what you're doing now, giving him, you know, you're giving him the terms of the lease, the terms of, of, the, of the rental, not necessarily are actually going to change the future. It's only in a small scenario if it gets lost or stolen. Right? On the, on the, by Shem and Hamishcha, 
if you're going to be co- the the way you're going to be creating, if you're going to be cooking it versus um, just soaking it, has a direct outcome on the future. By by eating a kazayas for kabit has a direct outcome whether you're going to be full or not. But by terms of a lease, chances are probably it won't get stolen or lost. And therefore, you could think that maybe Rabbi Yehuda says that in such a scenario, you don't have to look at a future, something which might happen in the future, because it only might. It's not for sure. It could be his shit is dafka in a, a scenario that the is for sure going to affect the future. Then you have to take the future into, in consideration. Regarding the third one, the third machlek is regarding mezamnin. You could say that it could be that the shayla is not about whether the future gets affected by the present or not. Sorry, is the present affected by the future or not? Rather, it's a shayla in what's considered eating, what's the gather of achila. And therefore, to, therefore that to make clear the machlek is in. Um, just to point out, I saw interesting, this is not something which the Ashwat of the brings clearly, but in the concept of whether the present affects the future, I saw that this Shaila is brought out, and I don't know, well, last week I have a Kivalev, I'm sure you, you can be Maidech on this Shaila, and that is uh, a common Shaila is let's say someone is weak, is not so, is a stickle Shrach, and as a Shaila, should he fast, same Gedalia? If he fasts him Gedalia, he won't be able to fast him Kippur. He won't be able to fast him Kippur. So do you say, look at the present. The present now, today is Tim Gedalia. You have to fast? Fast Tim Gedalia. Aye, what's going to be at the future? No. Or you say, no, look at the future. The main thing is him Kippur. Right. You, 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 you have the same Shiloh when it comes to Erev Yontif. In other words, when it's Erev Yontif and it's going to be Shabbos or Shabbos that's going into Yontif or Farkert. Shalashidis versus if you have a if, if, if uh, uh, coming into a yontiv. So on one hand you have a chiyav right now of shalashidis, right, which might be less than simchas yontiv, right, or the idea of let's say it's an erev shabbos is an erev yontiv, where you have an inyan of 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 hachana for like you have to eat with the oven. On the other hand, here you have a suda, right, of a suda shlisha. So you have the same shaila. How do you view the, what's going to come up later? might even be bigger. But right now, I'm in the present. So right now, it's Shabbos. So even though I realize that by doing this, I'm not going to eat it with the oven, but I have a chiv now, suda, right? So so th- it's really a, a sort of a similar question. You're talking about bishuilus in terms of fasting, what it could lead to, but yet you have this question often, I believe, where um, the chiv that's happening now, or oisik b'mitzvah poter mitzvah. Sometimes you know that if you're going to start a certain mitzvah, you realize you're going to be, it's going to lead to, I'm going to be tamay for the korban Pesach or something else, right? So you, 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 you clearly have that, uh, this happening in, in many places, no, right? I think so. Um, whether this will be totally in the Machlechus or Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, where we paskin like Rabbi Yehuda, that would be fair to say, right? Because I think, right? You, you could, right? Because I, the danger of going this way is that we know when we have a Machlechus or Meir Rabbi Yehuda, we always Machlechus like Rabbi Yehuda. The box, uh, uh, Rabbi Avram, right? One, <laughs> once you want to say that these other Shilas are the same principle, then you might have to be Machria that way. I mean, uh, I, I just, I just, you know, just wanted to make it a little more flavor. No, no, no. The flavor is good, but I'm saying, remember, once you put the flavor in, you got to take responsibility for what you're cooking. <laughs> but, but I, I would say, just one again. Once you're going with trichases that the Reb is creating, you know, because you know, his tvisa, it's the same idea. So now you have the the, the responsibility of making a trichas. So why we need it in three places? Well, you could say simple. 
that the the if Birchas Hamozan is Zichar at the Rabbanon, right? In other words, the first one is the Tziva from the Rabbanon Shalom. So the Tziva Rabbanon Shalom, how am I making this pasuk? So it says it says Shemen Mishka. What does it say? Shemen Kodesh Yia, right? Shemen Mishkas Kodesh Yia. So, oh, uh, so Rabbi Huda can say, of course, over there, it's on a daraisa. Look at the tzivoy. The tzivoy has got to be shaman at the end. Yeah, what is it at the end? Right? The yeah is madgish. The Rabbanu Shem wants it. It says va'asu, but v'ibalt it says yeah. So that that tells you that Rav Meir's emphasis on the va'asu mishchas of reik meiseraikach is 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 blunted by kodesh yeah. Yeah means it has to be that. Right, right. So, so Mashaenkein by Yeshayimir, we're talking about what's the das of Bnei Adam. What's that? That's the Shaivas how the how the Torah is yoyred to the das of what a, a renter is thinking and what is understood without being mafarish the pratim. What is the the deal here? Right, which is different than a tzivui from the Rebbeinu Shalom. We're talking about the das of Bnei Adam. That's the simple tzrichasa. And then you go to the third tzrichasa, which is all of that is. Totally in in real mitzvahs and what is God's mitzvah? What do people really think? And the third thing is how the rabban shtelavek, right? You could say how do the rab, especially you know, especially as there's this act extra inyan that you that Tosis quotes from the Gemara and Misha Mesa that I didn't remember the daf that there's a, a mila of Rav Meir in a way. Because look, we're being mocked, but even on a kezayis, right? There's the there's there. You might have thought Rav Yehuda would be made that when it comes to the rabbanon, where we're trying to be machmir, you know, it can zayin. There, even that's, that's the way I would do the tzrikosa if if I would think you need a tzrikosa. I think that's like like that, like that's like poshik kebeitz of What you're saying is very good too, and it's the Rebbe, not you. But it's that's what I would say. Tain l'chocham v'yech um, So tell everybody um, where they can find besides your beautiful explication of it. Where can they find this? Is in the Vakute Sikhas? Where can they find the yes, locker for this? Just taken from a from the Kutta Sikhas, Khalek Tazayan, the second Sikha of Kisisa. Uh huh. Okay. No, I think it was um, let me see the year it was said. Very it was said the Tafshin Lamadhe. That's the year it was said. Uh huh. Wow. Very very gishmak. Very gishmak. I, uh, very good. I'm going to stop recording. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.